Okay, so I think it's time to uh, change something about this uh, show already. So, I mean, just looking at my uh, dashboard on Anchor, I'm seeing basically, uh, oh, what is happening? Let's not look at the dashboard. Let's look at the episodes because the episodes I'm seeing like, a, I mean, a single person is listening to really like the One Piece chapter reviews. That's probably my buddy. In which case, hi, thanks for listening, man. Um, And then scattered throughout, but consistently, the one thing that is being listened to is the Let's Read. So, I'm probably, not after this week, but this week, I'm probably going to nix the weekly chapter um, run-throughs, because, I mean, I tweeted, but nobody's nobody's following me on Twitter. Um, I tweeted out that, like, I don't know, it's a mix of it's not, they're not doing numbers as in like, nobody's listening. Yeah, I know it's only like three weeks in, two weeks in, it's three weeks. I know we're only three weeks into the show, but like, I don't know. Since week one, I have felt like, I don't know. I feel like I can't totally deliver the quality in these reviews as I want. I can't spend as much time on each of them. If that's too much, just doing the one, my one other show and this show with one weekly episode dedicated to like a more long form piece of, uh, piece of content to digest. I think that is more so, uh, my bread and butter. Like that's more so where I can do well. I don't know if I'd say, well, I just did, but, um, at least that's what seems to work for me. Um, that's what, that's what works with my other show. That's what work. That's what seems to be working with this one. I mean, I don't know where these people are coming from, but I've got, you know, some consistent listening for these episodes. So I'm going to continue with the let's reads. And the chapter reviews might come back. They're they're going away this week, especially because the only new chapter is Black Clover. And it seems like One Piece is on break. And somehow I missed that. And it also seems like uh, My Hero is on break. So what better week than this when the only one the only one I would do is the one that I am the least interested in? Spoiler alert, I read the chapter and I'm still not super interested. I mean, every, uh, okay, okay. So, spoilers for uh, the new Black Clover 330 that came out today. If you uh, haven't read it, you got five, four, three, two, one. So, a Dramalek took... Lucifero's heart. It looked like Lucifero completely disintegrated. Um, and then it's just like I thought he, uh, dude just went 
bye, bye, okay, bye, and just ran off and disappeared. <laughs> and then, um, freaking everybody was like, uh, oh man, everybody's jacked up, but you know, we gotta save, uh, Yami and Noct because they're really jacked up and, uh, they grab Mimosa and Mimosa's like, I don't have any more magic. I've got, I'm out of mana. And then all the rest of the black bulls come up. Charmy shows up and she's just shoving food in Mimosa's mouth. Like, come on, eat. Don't worry about a fork and a knife. Just eat. Come on, eat. And then she heals them. And it looks like we're about to get the happy ending for this arc. So fun. <laughs> I don't dislike black clover if i did i think i would stop reading it it's just not the best honestly welcome everybody to another episode of the monochrome manga show i'm your host osiris and uh the hell are we doing today bleach we are continuing to I'm going to say trudge. I almost said slog. That sounds bad. Trudge through the thousand year blood war arc of Bleach. Today is chapters 500 through 509. I don't, I don't feel like it's moving all that slow. I mean, maybe it does from the other end, but I feel like every 10 chapters you get a good bit of story. And I mean, it's a volume's worth. Now, I mean, on the, on the Viz site, they've got the chapters split up by volume. So you can see what volume they're in. Um, the, the app kind of does it, but the app does it in a different way. The jump app. Um, I think this is about where things kind of like break up. Cause up till now, it's been basically, if you wanted to keep up with this, then you just buy a volume and there you go. You've, you've got the next little bit, but uh, there's a point where things get out of whack. There's a point at some point where things get kind of wackadoo because the last, the last, um, the last volume is still nine or 10 chapters. So <laughs> somewhere, they get somewhere they get out of sync with my plan, but I'm still just going to go straight on ahead and kill this project. And at the end, we're just going to have an episode that only covers like six chapters and it's going to be fine. It is what it is. I'm not super worried about it. Okay. So what happened last time? Okay. So last time. Ichigo and his friends uh, got into quite a battle with uh, Kilge Opi in Hoikomundo. God, he's such a such a fun character. I I really like Opi, and I wish we could have seen more of him for longer. Cause he, I, I don't know, he's just fun. Any kind of like crazy Nazi ish character is fun. Cause yes, I want to see them be destroyed because they're terrible but also on the way there they're they're usually pretty like pretty boisterous and pretty out there um so while that battle was going on um 
the von den Reich decided that it was time to invade the Soul Society. So that's exactly what they did. And they didn't waste time in stacking up bodies. So I can't remember what the numbers were. I think it's like a thousand dead within seven minutes of the, of the, of them landing. And when we finished off the 12th divisions, uh, third seat, Akon, he got on the horn and, or he was trying to get on the horn with Ichigo, um, to get him, get him there as fast as possible. Cause he, Akon realized that they can't win, but he knows that Ichigo possesses like dumb power. So the only thing he knew to do was to reach, reach out to the outside and, uh, Ichigo was on his way. He did. He, Ichigo was on his way. So we pick up with chapter 500. Let's go. So the plan is to relay a message here to as many squads as possible via, uh, Sudento, which is basically a messaging sword. It's like they have to basically place, I think it's these big black swords and those are used to relay a message. It's almost like a, it's like a receiver. Um, and unfortunately, the Soul Reapers placing some of the Soul Reapers placing those swords were taken out. Um, obviously, because you've got to get close to the enemy to even place them. But the message is the message is sent. Deputy Soul Reaper Ichigo Kurosaki is currently headed to the Soul Society. Now the message continues on that his bankai seems to be unstealable. As, you know, everyone is either surprised that he's coming ecstatic in the case of, like, Kimpachi and Ikaku, because they're like, you know, they're probably thinking about fighting him. Kimpachi is 150% thinking, ah, because he's, like, screaming. He's like, yeah, he's on his way. I'm like, oh, God, he just wants to fucking fight. <laughs> he's he's a crazy, crazy man. God, I love Kimpachi. Um, and then in Kurotsuchi's case, he's just pissed off at Akon for, you know, going over his head. But I mean, he probably still knows extreme measures had to be used to make something happen here because otherwise they got no chance. However, as the announcement is made, Akon realizes something. Ichigo's spiritual pressure within the Garganta is gone. Have I explained Garganta yet? I don't know if I have. So, again, just like how they all have their own, like, flash step kind of technique, all of the different factions, the different groups, um, so do they have different ways of traveling, mostly Soul Reapers and uh, the Arankar have their ways of traveling between worlds. Um, the Soul Reapers, they go through the uh, Senkaimon gate, and then the 
uh, Roncar have Garganta, which again, just like Sunito, which has like this electrical buzz that goes with it. Garganta, the sound, at least from the anime that goes with it, it's got like this kind of like distorted, buzzy kind of like tearing sound. It's it's horrifying to hear, honestly. <laughs> well, it's more horrifying to hear it described than it is to actually hear the sound. It's not that bad in the anime, but it it makes for it makes for a good um separation between the two different groups and their different uh the different way the different ways that they do stuff the ways that they operate um yeah so that's garganta i don't think i've really stopped to explain that it's one of those things i have to kind of internalize like what have i what have I explained in minor depth or whatever? What can I, what have I, I just have to remember these things that I still need to go into a little bit. So. Last time, again, as Ichigo was on his way, he was trapped inside of the inside of the Garganta, inside of a cage. So we flip back to him. He's trying to break free. He can't. Akon's trying to reach out to him, but it seems like he can't hear Ichigo's responses at all. So he then orders for the remote unit, which I guess is just a unit that will, I'm guessing, bring uh, Sudento into the Garganta. Either way, I'm, these guys would be able to break the barrier in communication. Uh, they're going to send them through the Senkaimon to see what's up. Suddenly, Ichigo hears screams and commotion. In the R&D department, Jidanbo, who is basically, he's like the gatekeeper to the Seirete. I, I might be simplifying some of this stuff because I didn't like reread the whole series. So I've got a grand grasp on everything. I mostly just kind of summarize the chapters. And um, when it comes to this, especially this week, it's been lots of stuff. So I haven't had as much time to like look into stuff. I usually at least try to like look at the wiki and make sure I have a grasp on things. But as far as I can remember, Jadambo is like, he's this huge guy. He is the, like the gatekeeper into the Seirete that Ichigo had to defeat to get in, in the Soul Society arc. I can't remember if Ichigo beat him or if Gein beat him. I don't remember. It's been so long since I've since I watched the Soul Society arc, I need to go back and just read all of Bleach. Ugh, I might read it backwards, cause yeah, I might. I don't know. I I need to. Not right now, because I'm basically reading it for the second time within twelve months, within like five months, within less than that. I don't even remember when the last time is I reread it. But it was within 
the last six months. Anyways, Jidambo has broken into the R&D department. He seems to be under some sort of mind control. Um, He's got no, there's no pupils to his eyes. His eyes are just white, like pure white, which usually uh, one would be led to believe that is mind control of some sort. Um, Hyosu, we haven't mentioned Hyosu. Hyosu is like this big, like weird, bulbous kind of bald guy that looks really odd. And then um, he's also got kind of a counterpart in Rin, who is a small guy, kind of meek, with like a top knot, a front top ponytail. Um, th- uh, they're not always seen together, but they're usually seen together. Uh, they might always be seen together. I don't know. But Hyosu tells Akon to get out. Um, and then suddenly Rin stabs Hyosu and Jidambo just smashes the whole place. So there seems to be some kind of mind control going on and somebody outside is looking on and laughing and with some snazzy genie shoes on. I don't know if that's problematic to call them those. I only call them the, that because whenever I see the little clo- elf shoes, I'll call them elf shoes. You can't be, you can't, elves can't get upset about things because they don't exist. Um, however, those shoes are probably, possibly very important to some other cultures that I don't know or understand. So I would rather not, <laughs> I would rather not do that. Because I don't, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Uh, fuck. Ah, uh, fuck it. Pun intended. I don't want to step on anybody's toes. I'm just gonna call them elf shoes. Cause you know, that's what they look like. They're elf shoes. I say genie shoes because I watched Aladdin as a kid, and you know, you anytime I saw the curved shoes, I think of Aladdin. But I'm, tr- I'm trying, I'm trying to change that just a little bit. So now we get an interesting part. Ichigo's hearing numerous other voices, including Renji and Rukia, just chatter, just chatter throughout the airwaves. It's just an overwhelming amount of voices screaming numerous different things. Help me. I'll kill you, you bastard, like everything. And it's it. It overwhelms him. I mean, you. He he's done a lot of growing, but you got to remember he's seventeen. <laughs> this is this is a lot to deal with. So he loses it and starts attacking the cage wildly, just smashing at it with his sword. And now we cut back to Opie, and he says that his that he's got a lot of spirit, but his attacks will do no good. And then he kind of starts to unravel things about the power structure in the Sternritter. He says that his letter is J for the jail. So at this point, that is all we all we know. But here in the coming little bits, we're going to have some other things kind of un, un 
unfold, unfurl that will kind of expound on the or kind of uh stack on top of this base idea that he just laid out with this one little point. Now, he then turns his attention to Gerhar and the others and says, you know, he's going to take care of them. And then suddenly there is this massive explosion, just this huge attack that just slices him in half. Like, it's actually pretty brutal. It cuts through, like, the side of his head. You see a sliver of his head where his ear is coming off. It's, God, it's so messed up. (laughs) It's pretty, Bleach can get pretty violent when it wants to. Um, And, of course, Urahara is like, who could have done that? And then before he can even finish the thought, there's there's a katana right by his face and he's like oh shit and that's that's <laughs> we cut away here uh we cut away here so we don't know who that is it could be it could be anybody it could i mean it could be somebody who was in Hueco Mundo it could be it could be anybody you don't know i know but i'm not going to tell you not yet it's not time it's not going to be time for another op I don't know, 100 chapters or so? Fuck. God, this arc is long. Um, So back in the Garganta, Ichigo is still unable to escape, unsurprisingly. He tries to communicate with Urahara, but that doesn't work either. It's like all communication is just broken. He can't get in. Nothing gets in or out. Back in the Seirete, Byakuya and Renji are still fighting as Nod as an attack lands on Byakuya's shoulder. Byakuya, at this point, he instructs Renji to stand by and watch him fight to observe the enemy's abilities. He also kind of jabs at Renji because Renji's like, what? what is that? I could... I could figure it out. And Byakuya's like, I don't know if you're wise enough to figure that out. And then Renji's like, you don't know that. Okay, maybe you know that. <laughs> it's good that Renji's kind of self-aware. He's not hes not a dullard. He's not an idiot. He's just... He's, he's not like... A, he's not a huge, a big tactician like Byakuya is. Or like you know, Captain Commander Yamamoto or uh Captain Kyoraku. They're all I mean, they're all pretty good at they're all pretty good at this. Rinji, maybe not so much that aspect. Ah. Uh, and okay. So here we go. As Biaki is kind of observing his enemy and trying to take stock, he's also wondering why his arms and legs feel like they're freezing. And then as not finally speaks, Ace, he tells, he ensures him it's not poison, but it's the most important thing in life. Fear. He says that Byakuya has already been overcome with fear of him. Now, of course, it doesn't affect him like the others. As, you know, he's learned to conquer 
fear. He's learned to conquer fear and move forward from it, move past it. But he's still subjected to some horrifying imagery, like an image of Rukia first smiling, normal, and then with all of her skin melting off her face, leaving behind a skull and her tongue falling out, her eyes rotting away and rolling back. It's, oh, it's nuts. Uh, oh, fear powers are always, always kind of weird, you know. <laughs> and this, this allows Asnod to get a, get a hit in. And he continues on that fear with a cause is easy, but true fear has no cause as it is not an emotion, but an instinct. And that, that checks out. That makes a lot of sense to me. So Byakuya then hallucinates being covered in bugs before he, I, I can't tell whether he's freaking out screaming or whether he's like screaming to try and psych himself up, screaming to try and like break out of it. I don't know, but that's very out of character for Byakuya either way. So he tries another attack. Asnod activates the medallion. And then elsewhere, Rukia feels her brother's presence. And there are just, there's like a couple of little Sakura petals floating. And that's because Byakuya's Bankai has been used against him to strike him down. It's a very, it's a very cool panel with, uh, as not wielding Sinbon Sakura Kageyoshi to take out freaking Byakuya Kuchiki. It's weird because the only other time that it's ever seemed like he was in real trouble was when he went up against Ichigo. Ichigo beat him. That's like the only time he's been beaten in this whole series so far. Um, other than that, he's pretty much just, not trounced, but he's done a pretty capable job of taking out enemies up to this point. I mean, Tsukishima in the last arc, and then we had um, who else? Zomari in the Arankar arc. Uh, him and Kenpachi tag-teamed Yami. I mean, Byakuya does not play. This this was, this was kind of a harrowing point, because it's like, what are they supposed to do? I remember thinking, what the hell is happening? They're getting completely fucked up. And there's just not... I, I, I was like, damn, what is happening? What is going to happen here? It was truly compelling to read through this. Because I just... I had to get to the next chapter. I had to know what was going to happen next. Luckily, I had like... maybe There was like maybe... Uh, I don't know. I think 20 chapters from here is where it was when I, uh, when I caught up, uh, no, I don't remember where it was, but luckily there was a, a good chunk that I could read. Yeah, it was, it was a ways in, I can't remember where it was anyways. Um, yeah, so 
a bloody Byakuya falls to the ground as Asnod tells him uh, he can't overcome his own Bankai with only the Shikai. That makes sense. I mean, the Bankai is the, it's the more powerful version. So Rinji, taking offense to this, attacks him from behind. And now we get a cutaway elsewhere. Rukia is struck down by an unseen enemy. Whoever it is kind of chastises her for turning her back on an enemy. She turned her back when she realized her brother was in danger. So Rinji is still unable to land a hit. Um, Byakuya is still using his Shikai to try and you try and do anything. But ever, but Asnod just fires back with his Bankai again and again and again, just, just smashing him, just smashing him back and forth. It's it's kind of tough to read through. Renji is screaming at him uh, to stop before trying to release his Bankai. But before he can, he's suddenly missile dropkicked by that luchador from earlier. And I mean, this guy's kind of he's 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 kind of out there. Um, so as Nod kind of chastises this guy because they could have stolen. If if they'd let him go Bankai, they could have stolen Hihio Zabimaru, but they didn't let him release it. Um, and they have like a little bit of a an exchange where the Luchador says, "What does he say?" He says something to the effect of, "I I thought only captains had this power, but he's he's only a vice captain," and um. As not tells him, go back and read his majesty's Dotten that he gave us. Dotten being Data. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Or is it Dayton? I think it's Dotten. That sounds far more German. Um, elsewhere, the blonde man is talking to the king. We get a few panels in between showing just these wrecked characters like Renji and Rukia laying among rubble, Byakuya dead-eyed. The blonde man tells the king that Byakuya Kuchki has died. And they both agree that it took longer than expected. This was a turn I was not expecting. This was kind of out of left field. But it felt, I don't know, it felt good. It felt good. It felt like, it felt like they could use something extra, an extra push to make things more, I don't know, to kind of, to raise the stakes, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, by having somebody important bite bite the dust i knew somebody had to now this will come up again later so suddenly the monster himself 
makes himself known. It's a huge spiritual pressure. And Kenpachi Zaraki makes his official entrance with this, uh, in this arc with three stern ritter over his shoulder asking the king if he's quote unquote the leader of these scrubs. <laughs> Some of these viz translations so, translations, they vary. Like, some of them are dumb. Some of them are, like, normal, and I don't think anything of it. And then some of them are just ridiculous. This is not that ridiculous. I mean, there's been some crazy stuff that's that I've read in, like, manga reader um, <laughs> or manga stream uh, <laughs> scans. Their scans used to be wild sometimes. Sometimes I would end up on manga stream instead of manga panda <sighs> but now look at me mommy wow i'm a big boy now i'm paying for the the actual officials so yeah proud so they already know who he is obviously you would think someone of his someone of kimpachi's stature they probably have a good idea they have, probably have a good amount of data on the Seireite and its inhabitants, so they probably know Kenpachi Zaraki is kind of a wild card. So, he uh, he drops the Stern Ritter that are over his shoulder, and we're introduced to them post-mortem. And they are introduced as Lloyd Lloyd, Stern Ritter Y, Jerome Guzbat, Stern Ritter R and Bernice Gabrelli, Stern Ritter Q. So, of course, the blonde man's like, How did you do this? And he's like, Oh, how did I take them all out? So he goes into an explanation. He calls Jerome a, again a scrub, describing how he became a, basically a giant ape and tried to blast him away with his voice, which. That's his power. He is uh, Sternritter R, the Roar. Is that that's what his power is? So, Kimpachi split him in two. <laughs> his responses to these—they're all just so. There, it's all like he he has this power and he can do this and he can do that and then he did he said this. I just I just fucking killed him. <laughs> I love him. This this is my favorite. Um. Bernice, he says, had objections about his own, his very existence and went on and on about her ability, but his ears were ringing, so he couldn't hear her too well. So he just ripped her throat out. Fucking <laughs> crazy. Uh, the cue is for the question, so I'm guessing what her power is, is kind of to make you question things yourself. Like, question your own existence. Like, she would say, why do you exist? And you'd be like, I don't know. Why do I exist? I don't know. Maybe you should kill yourself. Yeah, maybe I should kill yourself. I think it's I think it's kind of like a power of suggestion. But it's not just like some sleight of hand trick. It's like an actual power of... It's like, a, I, I'm guessing it's kind of like a genjutsu. Like... Ah, hypnotism is probably like a little too far of a uh, little too far of a stretch there, but you get the idea. 
And he said Lloyd was actually pretty good because he took on Kimbachi's shape. So he had to be stronger than the impression of himself. And then the blonde man calls him a freak. <laughs> this is pretty great. He's been pretty straight. This He's been the straight man this whole time. And then he's kind of like, you really are a freak. I mean, that's not too unstraight, but like, <laughs> it's, it's unstraight for that guy. Um, so Kimpachi then responds by saying, I'm not here for you. I'm here to fight him. So he goes in to attack the king, um, who easily blocks his attack, <laughs> causing a huge shockwave. And now we go back to the Garganta. Ichigo is losing it, just slashing away, hacking at the cage, trying to break out. So he resolves to save everyone right there. Back in the Serete, ninth ninth division vice captain uh, Shuhei Hisagi. I don't think we've even mentioned him. So sad that Kubo just likes to tease this man, like just bully him. In his writing. And it's just. Ah, it's, leave him alone. So Hisagi is getting beaten down. By Driscoll. Burst. Bears. Bertschi. Bercy. <sighs> these names. These stern readers have just like wild names. From all over the place. Italian. French. German. Bumfuck. Like they just make. The, some of this shit. I swear. He just looked at two words in the dictionary he was like this one and then just grabbed a random page flipped to it and said this one put them together that's his last name fuck <laughs> so this driscoll guy he is stern ritter oh so he states that the letter his majesty gave him was O for overkill he gets stronger the more he kills regardless of who or what it is that he kills. Like, it could be an animal. It could be a comrade or an enemy. It doesn't matter, he says. So, here we are. This, again, builds more on top of what, what we just learned earlier with Opie when he said his, power, his, the letter, his letter is J for the jail. So, he has that power. Um, also, I didn't mention Lloyd. Lloyd Lloyd. Funny name. That's actually his name. First name Lloyd, last name Lloyd. Uh, he is Sternritter Y for yourself. Now, I really wish that this was like not yourself. I wish it was you, like the you, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I wish it was something else. Yourself is weird. The yourself. That sounds weird, but yeah. Um, as Kimpachi said, his power is to take, he was able to take Kimpachi's shape. So now we've kind of got, we've kind of got a few more of these characters with their powers kind of being splayed out a little bit. And obviously you can kind of imagine the depth of the Stern Ritter knowing that it's letters, you know how many letters there are in the alphabet, so there's probably going to be about that many of them. Oh, 
continuing on. So Driscoll continues. He uh he killed about a hundred since he got there that day, and a hundred the last time, including another vice captain, just like Hisagi. And so Hisagi's immediately connected the dots. He's like, "You're the one who killed Sasuke Bay." And then Driscoll pretends, or he prepares to lob that that same huge spear that he had Sasuke Bay impaled on, but. The attack is caught and deflected by the captain commander, Yamamoto himself. So Driscoll is just tickled pink because he literally came to kill Yamamoto with his own man's Bankai. Driscoll has Sasuke Bay's Bankai. So, (laughs) yeah. So now we get to see a new one, a new Bankai that we have not seen. And really, it's kind of special because nobody else has seen it in the in this fucking series either. Nobody knows. Nobody has seen this thing because he only ever used it once in battle. And that was the last time. So Driscoll fires it up. It's called. uh Hold on. I need to I need to look him up. I'm going to look him up and I'm going to see what the Shikai is called because I can't remember. I can at least do that instead of being lazy as all get out. Chojiro Sasuke. Boy, 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 boy. Come on. Come on. Uh, powers and abilities. Plateau. Uh, right. Is Shikai. The command is pierce or bite in the uh, Viz translations. And it's called Ganryomaru. Ganryomaru. Yes. A lot of the time, some of the time, the Bankai is just an addition to there's like a couple of words added to it sometimes it takes a word and it changes it i don't understand how japanese works as a language entirely so i can't grasp onto everything but you can see like roots of the original of the shikai being used in the bankai you'll see that with this one um and then there's other ones where they just have another word added onto it because it goes from like, I don't know, um, like Ichigo's Zangetsu is called like Reaping Moon, and then Tensa Zangetsu is something Reaping Moon or whatever. And then there's like Renji's Zabimaru is like. Was it Baboon Bone? And then he, oh no no no, something like that. And then Hihio Zabimaru is the Bankai, and that's like that's like Snake King Baboon Bone or something like that. Um, so Sasuke Bay's Bankai is called Koko Ganryo Riku, 
which is Golden Lightning Palace. That's pretty powerful. That's a pretty damn powerful name. Um, and like I said, as you can see, Gonryo Riku, Coco Gonryo Riku. There's that root of Gonryo Gonryo Maru again, and I mean Maru is just like. I mean, Maru is just, I think it's like a, uh, I think it's like a male name suffix, like Maru, um, Taro, things like that. Do you, you see, you see a lot of that in Japanese language. Again, I don't understand how Japanese works. I just, there's some small things that I can pick up on and some small things that I know just from being mildly a weeb. So the Bankai is activated and causes the sky to darken and these huge lightning columns appear. So of course, Driscoll's laughing and he continues to taunt Yamamoto. And in this Hisagi notes, he's like, He's like, I thought Hyorin Maru was the only Zanpakuto that can control the weather. Because up until this point, uh, that's um, Hitsugaya from Division 10. That's his uh, Zanpakuto. Up to this point, that was the only one. Because when he released it, it would cause snow. Now, there's, there's, <laughs> there's some stuff coming up that makes me kind of go... Some of y'all knew about another one. I uh, no no that's that's not weather that's that's environmental. Weather is like snow. He two guys makes it snow and makes it cold, whereas uh, Sasuke Bay's causes there to be a huge thunderstorm, like a massive thunder event. So, um. Yamamoto is struck by a massive bolt of lightning, and while the, and when this happens, he decides that this is the time for him to reminisce on things. This, is, I mean, he is unbothered by this shit. The man is struck by a, a huge bolt of lightning. This thing is massive, and he's just having a flashback. He's just decided now it's time for a vignette. Now it's time for a cutaway. <laughs> This this man is completely nuts. Now in the flashback, there's a young Sasuke who's calling out for Ejisai. Ejisai. Yes, I think that's how you pronounce that. Ejisai Yamamoto. So, we then see a much, much younger, like, no gray hair. He ain't got no hair on top of his head, but his hair is all black still. Yamamoto. And he berates him for calling him by that name. It's explained that he's called, he's calling him that because um, there's a scar on Yamamoto's forehead. It's only half of the scar that we see, that we see on him currently, the X-shaped scar. It's just one half of it. That shape is similar to um to the A character in Japanese 
I don't know which set of characters, Katakana, Hiragana, there's so many of them. Con- there's so many of them. I can't even, I don't even understand it. I am now learning Hebrew, but I feel like if I tried to understand Japanese, it would be like a whole different ball game. Um, so yeah, he's called that due to that scar on his forehead. And it started with one of his men and with a with each battle, it just spread and it just continued to become a thing. And he hates it, of course, but Sasuke continued to call him that regardless. He would always apologize, but he had no intention of stopping calling him that. And he tells Yamamoto that he doesn't wish to be his pupil. He do, He wishes to be his right hand. And he reveals that he's achieved Bankai. So Yamamoto tells Sasuke to bring him down with this Bankai of his. Which he tries. And he's unable to do. Now, Yamamoto notes outside, like the present day Yamamoto, notes that it was a brilliant Bankai. And it leaves a permanent scar on his head, which is now the scar that we know that we know him for now. And at the time, he told Sasuke Bay it was a child's Bankai, but he didn't falter. He didn't show any kind of, oh, well, damn, I put so much so much into this. He was like, huh, that sounds about right. Well, I'm just going to make it stronger. And he he resolved to strengthen his bankai to so that he could uh, so that he could use it in service of Yamamoto. And now the scar on his head, mixed with the previous scar, made it look like the Jew character. So people's now started calling him Jujisai. <laughs> it's unfortunate. He just can't escape these. But Sasuke continues with Ejisai. So for his sake, he then took on the name Genryusai to make his name Genryusai Shikakuni Yamamoto. I don't totally understand that. I really don't because I don't speak Japanese and I feel like that's one of those things that's just kind of lost in lost in the sauce there lost in translation to people that don't like nate not natively but don't understand like the intricacies of japanese i don't so it's like sometimes you just can't train like a joke just won't land in english it'll sound weird and it'll sound it'll be like huh that's funny but it will never land like it would in the original language to Japanese speaking people because they will understand the joke that was meant because there's there's context that you don't have as an English speaking reader of this Japanese literature this Japanese comic that is translated to English you there's just certain things that get lost in translation it's a shame I don't totally understand the change from Genryu Sai. I could probably look into that. I could probably look it up between now and next week and have that understood. 
probably from the subreddit because those guys are pretty pretty well knowledgeable. I've been knocking around with them f- off and on since like 2013, 2014. I think I joined Reddit to get on the Bleach subreddit. I'm pretty sure. Um, so now we kind of shift gears back into the present. Driscoll is continuing his taunts as Hisagi goes to help the commander. But he yells for him to wait. And Driscoll, he's he's looking at him like, so you can still talk. Just die already. He hits him with the lightning again. And Yamamoto begins to speak throughout all of this. And he's speaking to Sasuke, saying he can feel his pain. And he just he screams. He's like, the, the, the Bankai he, I knew was not this weak. And then, I don't know where he draws it from. He quick draws. Like, the first time he pulls out his sword, if I remember correctly, his staff, like, wisps away to reveal a katana, and he pulls it. I don't know where he pulls it. I, I He probably already had it out, and I just can't envision it and remember it. He quick draws Ryujin Jaka and just blast flames across Driscoll's face. Just incinerates the motherfucker. It's it's kind of it's kind of gruesome just like totally just melts him away his nothing but a skull left it's it's one of those things i look at some of these panels i'm like god damn bleach is brutal sometimes there's back-to-back chapters with just bare skulls showing with various levels of gore i mean one is like zombie level gore and the other is like uh Ugh. It's rough, man. So, as Driscoll disintegrates, Yamamoto says he's finally able to avenge Sasuke. And to Asagi, he says, Don't worry. I'll personally slaughter every single one of the invaders. He He's playing no games. This is the, this is the craziest I've seen him in, in my... In, in reading. And he takes off with a massive blast, which all the captains notice it. I mean, Soyphone, she notes that the captain is furious when, when her, uh, her vice captain, I lost both words there. What's his name? Omeda, the fat, the fat mobster looking guy, the Yakuza, the fat Yakuza looking guy. He goes, uh, He's something like, what? I, what's what's up? And she's like, don't you, don't you feel that? The captain commander is furious. Like she can, she can tell. <laughs> Shinji's never seen him this angry before. I mean, he's kind of calling. I mean, surprise. Shinji calling someone an idiot. Um, he called uh, his vice captain Momo is. She's like, wow, I've never seen him this mad before. And he's like, me neither, idiot. Because, I mean, sh- remember, Shinji was a captain back back in the day when, like, Tosin and Gein were children. He was a captain. <laughs> and then they were all banished. 
But now some of the visored are back in the Seirete, operating as captains, vice-captains, and other various things. And Komamura is literally just screaming at his men to get up and saying, saying, for you to be on the ground while the captain commander is standing and fighting on the front lines is an indefensible shame. And they all rise up and they're like, you know, yes, sir, we're, we're here. <laughs> and of course, if I remember correctly, it's, it's Bambietta. She's like, wait a minute. What? What? You guys were literally dead. How did you, how did you do that? What What are you doing? So we then shift back over to uh one-eyed Chunsui. And he says that Yamamoto's spiritual pressure resonating feels like he's being admonished for struggling against an enemy such as this. Because remember, Shunsui is like, he's like, him and Ukitaki are some of the oldest captains in the Seireite, along with Yamamoto himself and Unohana. Like, Yamamoto was kind of a father figure to them, to uh, Kyoraku and Ukitaki. So, elsewhere, the king is holding Kimpachi up by the throat, defeated. He got he got off screened. He got off screened. It's one of those things. It's like I kind of got upset reading through. I was like, "Oh man, come on! You gotta let me see some of this. Like, you gotta let me see some of this." Kimpachi gets his time. He gets plenty of time later on to do his thing. <laughs> Let's just uh, leave it there. So he then refers to him as special talent number one. So there's that special talent thing. Ichigo is also a special talent. So now it's like, hmm, you you're probably kind of trying to piece together if you're if you're at this point and you don't know, like I know what happens later on. Um. You're probably trying to put together who are the other three. You're bound to get one or two of them right, but um, he he, but yeah, just this special talent thing, and for him to be deemed special talent number one, that that's it's con it's conjecture literally to to try to figure out. Whether him being special talent number one literally means, oh, well, he's like priority number one. Obviously, no, Ichigo is because Ichigo had to be held somewhere entirely different. I'm guessing special talent number one just means he's the first one that came to. Well, okay, this guy is there and he is going to be a factor. And. Yeah. He also calls him brittle. I mean, obviously, he's already beaten him. And it seems like there's not a scratch on him. But he says he overestimated them, the people of the Seirete, and that the Soul Society is finished. And this is just as Yamamoto lands behind him, calling him by name. Now, his name is weird. It's based on the word Yahweh, which Yahweh is God. Right. Yes. Yahweh is God. Um, it's Y H W A C H. 
it's it's literally like it's literally it's not pronounced Yahweh. I don't know I don't know how to say that one correctly, but most people just call him Yuabak. I think that that might actually be how it's supposed to be pronounced. Anyways, Yuabak. That's what I'm going to call him from now on. We have a name. We're not going to call him the king anymore. Just like when the blonde man's name is revealed, the Mohawk guy's name got revealed. So I'm not calling him Mohawk guy. I'm calling him Basby. Colonel Sanders, I hate to see the name go, but when his name is actually revealed, he will no longer be Colonel Sanders. Um, so Yamamoto tells Yuabak that he's come to take his life. Here we go. This is where stuff, this is where shit gets real. This is where shit gets real, real crazy for, for a little bit. So Colonel Sanders is happy that the soul reaper spirits are raised, but he says they misjudged one thing that Yamamoto will lose to Yuabak because their spirits are also lifted when their leader fights. He calls him his boss. I'm kind of like, I don't like that. It's like, it's like, there's something Capone from One Piece's guys call him. They call him boss or godfather. <laughs> but, I mean, that fits because he's, he's a mob boss. Uabak is not a mob boss. And Colonel Sanders is not like an underboss. It's not how it works. Anyway. So, after he as he says this, suddenly Basby, Asnot, and Nanana all attack Yamamoto from above. Now, this is this is kind of happening at the same time. Shunsui, he agrees with uh, the colonel, but he also states that their conventions don't apply to Yamamoto. As all three of the attackers are just burned up, not not incinerated like Driscoll. I have to somehow verbally imply that they are not completely destroyed, which is weird. If I'm Yamamoto, I would be like, nah, just burn him, destroy him. But he probably tried to, but those three are probably, I guess they're more stout than Driscoll. Driscoll is not that. I don't know. He, he doesn't, he didn't seem like he was trash. He just seemed like he was very overzealous, but I don't know. He just, he's not up to, he's not up to snuff with these guys. I mean, these three, these three, I mean, it kind of seems like they'll be around for a while. So, Yamamoto then goes for Yuabak with his flames, swinging Ryuji and Jaka at him. And Yuabak finally draws his sword and notes that it's as if Yamamoto was waiting for him to draw his sword. Yamamoto replies that it's true. He's like, yes, this is true. Because he says he wanted to crush both. I wanted to crush both your flesh and blood and your sword. And then all of a sudden the flames of Ryujin Jaka like completely disappear. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. I remember I got goosebumps reading it. Um, I get goosebumps every time I read it. And this reveals Yamamoto's Bankai. 
Zanka Notachi, Blade of Ember. This is something that this was a shit your pants moment for most Bleach fans. This is one of those oh shit, oh shit, like I, I can't believe this is happening. It's really happening. You've been waiting this entire time because almost every time he's tried to fight, he's been stunted somehow. Like when he fought Kyoraku and Ukitake, he could. How was he supposed to? He, he, I feel like he held back there. I can't remember the Soul Society arc that well, but he didn't fight with his true potential because he wasn't trying to kill him. Then in uh, Fake Karakura Town, he they imme- he immediately used his flames to seal up Aizen and Tosin and Gein and the Espada and try to seal them up and keep them from work from moving. But then once they once everything broke down, they deployed Wonderwise, and Wonderwise was literally created to stop Ryujin Jaka's flames because they know how strong he is. And he was like, "Oh, okay, so I can't use my flames." Cool, I'll just crush you with my bare fucking hands. And he took off his shirt, strong, like, busted muscular ass old man, like Master Roshi. Master Roshi on steroids. Master Roshi without being a fucking, uh, pervert. (laughs) Uh, Yamamoto could probably be a pervert. We don't know. We don't know. But he's most, he's, uh, he's pretty much serious throughout the series. Um. But yeah, this was one of those moments where I flipped the page and I just saw Bankai and my eyes bugged out. And then I turned the page and I saw the name and I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ, you can't be serious. You just, it's like, it's like, yeah, of course he has to have Bankai. That makes sense. Of course he has Bankai, but you just, you, you never imagined that it would be something that you'd see. And uh it's pretty fucking crazy. Let's uh let's get into this. So the blonde man is he's unimpressed. He's like that charred little sword is your bankai. The king is warning him he's don't take it lightly. He says that all of Yamamoto's fire is focused into that sword, and everything it's cut is burnt by an explosive flame. It's a sword of hellfire. So Yamamoto then comes at him and tells him to feel for himself if it's the same as it was a thousand years ago. The effects can be felt throughout the entirety of Soul Society. Ukitaki says his throat's dried out. Kyoraku's lip cracks. Unohana's got a flower vase. All of the water evaporates out of it completely. It's funny that they picked these three. I mean, you got to pick these three. These are the ones who know Yamamoto the best. Um, so they're all, of course, like, oh, man, he's he's gone that far. <laughs> and Unohana, she even hopes Yamamoto can finish this quickly before his power destroys Soul Society itself. And elsewhere. Hitsugaya is fighting the Stern Raider who stole his Bankai. And Diagoran, Hyorin Maru, is melting away. Hitsugaya points out that he says he can no longer use it. 
the moisture in the air, he's like, haven't you noticed the moisture in the air is slowly disappearing? Surely this must be Zanka no Tachi. Even he knows. Even he knows. Um, so Yamamoto charges and swings, cutting the king's cloak a little bit. And I'm still calling him the king. It's, it's hard to break that off. So, uh, eventually it will go away. So Yuabak notices that it cuts with no flames. He's wondering where the flames have gone. And he realizes when the tip of the sword touches the ground and it blows a massive hole in the ground. And there's his answer. Yamamoto reveals Zanka no Tachi Higashi or East. Oh, I'm trying to use the same technique I use when um, when learning Hebrew. I read it like a character at a time in my head. And then do it again faster and try to put it together until it's all there and I can just say it. Kyoku Jitsujin. Kyoku Jitsujin. Rising Sunblade. Dope name. Like all the names of these things are awesome. <laughs> he explains that it blows everything away without a trace instead of burning. He says even Blut Vein cannot stop it. But. Yulbach isn't worried. He says he he just has to win without coming in contact with the sword. So he tries to attack with his own sword, but it's broken in the process, and he's he's confused, of course, because like what happened. Yamamoto calls him naive, stating that if there is an east, there must be a west. So he makes it so the king can see it. Zanka Notachi. Nishi, West, Sanjitsu Gokui, Sunset Hell Robe. God, that's such a fucking cool name. <laughs> and that's literally what it is. He's he looks like a a monster, a demon engulfed in flames. For the picture, I chose the the far more poignant, the far more the greater picture of him. With his bankai, like it's not the whole picture. Obviously, I've decided that I should probably not include that because the people who who know are gonna be like, "Oh shit, it's time." The people who don't know are gonna be, would be like, well, "So so so he gets his bankai." Okay, cool. <laughs> Instead of just showing you, I'd rather give you a taste. It's a better way of doing things. So he explains. This is a high number, too. He explains it can reach 15 million degrees. And to think of it as if his body and blade are enveloped in the sun. This shit gets wild. I love this little stretch of chapters. See, that's the thing. Bleach will kind of like lull you and be like, okay, okay, it's the boring stuff, boring stuff. And then all of a sudden it comes on with some nutty, just craziness that that will happen. That will happen a lot throughout this arc. There will be a lot of times where you're just kind of like, there's some lore, there's some backstory, there's some exposition, there's some extra shit. And then you get into another fight and it's like, yo, they're like throwing out these just balls to the wall nuts crazy crazy techniques it it gets crazy it gets crazier 
though the man is wondering how such intense flames could even be seen. He then thinks that his spiritual pressure is so intense that it manifests as flames. That's how that's how they're visible. That's how you see them. As it's his spiritual pressure. So Yamamoto acknowledges that if he doesn't finish this soon, Soul Society and everything will burn to the ground. Yuabak he even he even notes that he feels as though he's burning like everywhere. And he would be incinerated if not for Blutvein. So Yamamoto taunts him and says he can run if he'd like. <laughs> so Yuabak fires an arrow, but it's easily blocked. Yamamoto taunts him some more. And then and then uh Yuabak uses what is this called? Kirk Kirchen Kirchen lead Sankt Zwinger Sankt Zwinger Ugh. The ZW in German is, is a pain in the ass because you look at this word and it's like Zwinga. No, no, Zwinga. Remember, W is F. W sounds like F. Or W sounds like V. V sounds like F. Volkswagen? No, Volkswagen. Volkswagen. The V is an F. And the W is a V. <laughs> German is stupid. I love it. Um, No, the only real language that is stupid is English. Because we just took a bunch of stuff from other languages and just, just put it all together and then chopped it up and butchered everything. It's, it's all fucked up. Um, So, I'm going to say it one more time. Kirchenlied Sankt Zwinger. Church song. Sanctuary praise. That's at least the official. I think there was something else on the uh, wiki. I'm trying not to mix official with wiki. Now, if there's something I remember that's different, that I if I see something and I'm like, that's different. It's like when Opie first says Volstandig. I remember reading Volstandig, like all one word. That's what it's called. It's, it's called that on the wiki. That's what I call it because that's what I know it as. When I read through the officials, I was like, what is this shit? They're calling it Volsterndick. Like three different words. No, 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 no. I can't, I can't rewire my brain to change something like that. No. <laughs> I probably could, but I'm not going to because I don't want to. It's, it is what it is for me. Um, so yeah, so, uh, he uses Sankschfinger. That is like a huge AOE attack. It's like a this giant. For, it's not a force field. It's like a giant area of light with these light pillars on the perimeter. It kind of looks like a giant cram. And he describes it as the ultimate offensive and defensive chant that Quincy's uh, have. Ste which stepping into it, you'll be torn apart by God's light. Yamamoto yells at him. He just yells at him. He says, you cannot harm me. And he just stabs his sword into the ground. This part is fucking insane. He stabs his sword into the ground. He's still like 
in the air. He's in midair. The rest of his body is, so he's not touching the ground. So technically, I guess that doesn't count. He's still out of bounds. Um, Yamamoto then has like a small little um, invocation. He literally evokes the fucking dead themselves with Zonka no Tachi, Minami, or South. This this one is a fucking mouthful. Kaka Jumanokushi? Jumanokushi? Daisojin. Kaka Jumanokushi? Daisojin. That is difficult to say. I'm not going to try that again. Trillion Flame Great Corpse Formation. That's one thing I love about these long Japanese, these long names for techniques in anime and manga. Because when you read it out in English, either it's going to be really short and it's going to be something normal. It's going to be like, how does that translate? Or it's going to be something where it's like six words and it's going to sound fucking amazing like Trillion Flame Great Corpse Formation. And what this seems to do, just from what we're seeing at this point, is that it literally raises the dead. Charred skeletons rising up from the ground. I told you, this shit is nuts. So Yamamoto explains further that this technique raises those that he's slain by heating their ashes with his blade. Making them into his hands and feet to chase his enemies until they turn to dust. That is so metal. This shit is so metal. So Yuobok says Yamamoto can't stop him with this trick. It's which Yamamoto tells him to take a better look at the skulls of those skeletons that he just crushed. And Yuobok realizes that these undead are his men that have been killed by Yamamoto. And they're they're kind of like getting on Yuobok, holding him down, holding him back. Yamamoto starts backing up. And he tells Yuobok if he wants to kill him, that he has to take out his own men. And he says that he knows Yuobok could not steal his Bankai. And he explains that they have to understand the power of the Bankai, which is why they can't get a hold of Ichigo's, as it's relatively new. He's only had it for a, a couple years at this point, and it has so much more room to evolve and change. And Yamamoto's true power has yet to be revealed to anyone. Yuobot continues to scream that he cannot be stopped with this, to which Yamamoto says that it must be painful to have to crush his own dead men. Yamamoto is a savage. He comes across as not like a nice old man, but he comes across like kind of mild, at least kind of mild mannered. Until you piss him the hell off and then he's he's a complete monster. So he goes on that. Sure. It must be painful to crush 
the heads of your own men, but it's nothing to the hatred of the soul reapers that you've killed. He then uses the final technique of his bankai, Zanka no Tachi Kita, North. Tenchi Kaijin. The world reduced to ashes. That is literally his release command for his Shikai. Reduce the world to ashes. It's almost like his Bankai tells a story of some sort that I don't understand. Or maybe it's based on some legend or something. And Tenchi Kaijin is like the ending. And it's almost like it goes full circle. It's just an interesting thing that I've never really noticed. Anyways, this slices a huge chunk out of Yuabak on the left side, including chopping off his arm. Like, he's just got this huge, just, hole in him. And he falls to the ground, and Yamamoto's kind of like, you know, sizzling from, you know, his Bankai being over with. And then Yuabak says, He's apologizing that he wasn't strong enough. He asks for forgiveness from Lord Yuabak. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, shit. What's, oh, what's happening? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's such a good cliffhanger. It's such a good cliffhanger. Oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to see how the cliffhangers go from uh, volume to volume. I think at this point they were kind of trying to make them a little bit better. But if the cliffhangers get, if the, cl if, if, if the cliffhangers are still this good later on, I will actually go and sync up with the volumes. And I will just do it volume by volume. For now, this is volume by volume. But I swear, some point after this, there's some point pretty soon that things get kind of mucked up. Um, never miss a new chapter of Bleach. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the invite, pal. But I guess uh, you didn't get the memo. We're a little past that. Um. Oh yeah, that's next time. Next time. Because that's volume 57 we just went through. Volume 58 is 510 to 520. So that's 11. Yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Yes, I know. I can count. I'm just fucking stupid. And when I see stuff like that, I'm like, I still have to count it out and make sure it's right. And then it looks like, for the most part, they're from... Yeah. For the most part after that, they're like, oh, wait, one of these, one of these gets off again. One of these ends up off. Yeah, we got, let's see, 541 to 50, 51 to 60, 61 to 70, 71 to 80, 81 to 91. Yeah, then he gets off again. Now we've got 92 to 601. 02 to 11 and it, it just gets weird it just gets like really weird I don't, I don't know i might sync up with the uh with the volumes maybe 
I'll probably sync up with the volumes after all. I didn't want to. I wanted to just go 10, 10 chapters at a time, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. Man, it's an exciting end. It's an exciting end. Oh, so next week we're going to figure out um why Yuabak is apologizing to himself. And we're going to get to see probably some more crazy shit. Hopefully Ichigo will uh hopefully Ichigo will get there, right? I certainly hope so. So yeah. It's a good hefty episode, good 80 minutes. So yeah, next week we're going to see what the hell is going on. So I guess I will see you then. Follow me on Twitter. Uh there's no one there yet. At Monochrome Manga. And uh yeah, I'll see you bastards next week.